baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. here of Wiggins America on 97.1 FM Talk just after 7 o'clock. Thanks for being here. So I teased this up a little bit last hour that we're going to talk about this Wisconsin stuff. It's not breaking through in any way, but I can't wait to read to you what the headlines are saying and then what OAN and Christina Bob are saying, and you can compare and contrast the two for yourself and decide what's true. I'll, of course, navigate that with you and give you my thoughts. But first, really quick, I just wanted to hit on this debt limit increase. I talked about this with Mark Cox yesterday morning on his show. Tucker hit it hard, and he's hitting Mitch McConnell hard, and I am completely fine with this at this point. I wanted to like Mitch McConnell. I thought he did a decent job during the Trump administration, but he's giving away all of his leverage. So rewind a month or two to when they were trying to pass the infrastructure bill and they were trying to pass this Build Back Better thing, social welfare program, you know, gigantic thing, government dependency program, all at the same time. Well, they weren't able to do that. So they focused on infrastructure. So at the time, Mitch McConnell allowed there to be a roughly month and a half to two month uh, debt limit increase through his caucus, the GOP caucus in the Senate. At the time, I thought, you know what, I don't necessarily like that he did that, but I get a little bit of why he did that, because Schumer was threatening to take away the filibuster on it entirely. Well, that that's not something you want to lose for long term. So I thought, <clears throat> you know what, if, if he's able to sort of kick the can down the road by a month and a half and keep the filibuster, that's not the worst thing that could happen. However, now we're at that point. So what happens again? He just does it again. So there he and in this time he's actually allowing the filibuster to be circumvented because he doesn't know if he can pull together his caucus enough. That's terrible because that was the only reason why I gave you the deference anyway and a lot of people did in the the last time. Now you've actually given away the only reason why you would do that because if they're going to take away the filibuster, just let them do it. Let them suffer the consequences of doing it and then you have no filibuster next time you're in control. It really frustrates me because when there's a reason, even if I don't like the reason, I'll say, okay, at least I can see it. This makes no 
sense, and Mitch McConnell should suffer the political consequences for it. I'm so glad that Tucker is calling him out on it. But let's get to this. Wow, the weekend's America. All right, we dig and we dig and we dig to find, and we find many things when we look into, I feel like I should rhyme right there, but I don't have a rhyme. When we look into election integrity issues, I follow lots of people who report on it, who you don't hear otherwise. I mean, it's just completely silenced. Christina Bob has been following that subject in particular for a number of months, let's say, oh, roughly 12 months since the November election. She's been following this issue and uh, she works for OAN. Her reporting has been accurate. And so she started tweeting out some interesting stuff coming out of Wisconsin now, this comes from, let me find it so that I can source it here, an informational hearing from the Committee on Campaign and Elections. <clears throat> this is a right-wing group. Uh, maybe that is, I'm using terms I shouldn't use, conservative group. They wanted to look into um, election problems in Wisconsin. And there's a lot of different things going on, so don't confuse this with other ones. There's the Racine County Sheriff who's suing the Wisconsin Election Commission. Uh, there's the former judge who's like a special prosecutor in Wisconsin who's looking into all the different anomalies. He's looking into that same issue from Racine that affects the entire state. Uh, the counties of Milwaukee and Madison are obstructing his subpoenas. And he says they're hiding something because they won't give me anything. So those, those are all different issues than this one, okay? It's hard to keep them separate. But Christina Bob covered this, um, this hearing that happened. And I'm just going to read the tweets to you. There's about seven of them. First, 157,000 voters in Wisconsin have the same voter registration number. It's all come out of this hearing. Second, Wisconsin has 4.5 million residents over the age of 18. That would mean they'd have roughly 4.5 million who were eligible to vote. The Wisconsin Election Commission, however, has more than 7 million voters on the roll. Not quite double the amount of people as Wisconsin actually has that could vote. That's a problem. Number three, Wisconsin voter roll has over 120,000 active voters who have been registered to vote for more than 100 years. Let me read that one again. 120,000 active voters, as in people who voted, not like they could vote. They voted. They've been registered to vote for over 100 years. Some of these things could be clerical errors. That's a lot. 120,000. Number four, excuse me. Evidence indicates multiple entities are creating registered voters, not just the state of Wisconsin. Remember how I mentioned the special prosecutor and the uh, uh, Milwaukee thing? Those two things are related. Number five, Wisconsin voter database padded voter registration numbers with precursor 0000s, which allows for manipulating voter registration. Again, some of these things could be clerical. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying they're weird. And there's a lot of them. Uh, Number six. Wisconsin had an active voter turnout of 93.7%. That may sound like, oh, that's good. 93% of people who are eligible to vote voted. That doesn't happen. If you know anything about voter turnout, it's like 50%. On a really good year and a good election, it could get up to like 60, 70%. You don't ever see 93%. 
<clears throat> that's what Wisconsin as a whole happened. And last, this is kind of related to the Milwaukee thing. Milwaukee election, election officials assisted nonprofit a nonprofit by providing voter data, private voter data, to Democrat groups to add voters directly to the Wisconsin voter roll and bypass the state. That's a problem. So <clears throat> what does that mean as far as the vote total goes? This is always the kind of the grand question, right, is, well, how many of these votes can you say were fake? How many of them can you say weren't? How many of them were just errors? Because that happens. Um, what, how many votes essentially did this affect and who were they for? Were they for Trump? Were they for Biden? Uh, if you've got deep blue areas that seem to be the main problems, you would come to the same conclusion that I do, that they would affect mostly Biden votes or fake votes there. But let me read to you the reason you never hear these stories. And again, I'm sourcing from Christina Bob here, and she's looking at the at the hearing itself. She watched the hearing. She was live tweeting it. That's why I'm pulling from her. And she's reliable. She's, you know, she's been very, very on the mark throughout this whole time. If you want to say, ah, she's from OAN. Well, that's, <laughs> that's fine that you say that, but then back up where she's been wrong or where OAN has been wrong. And you say, wow, they lost all these court cases. Well, what do you think about those court cases? Tell me individually, because I've looked at them. A lot of them were dismissed on standing and a lot of them were dismissed on standing because nobody wanted to touch them because they were political time bombs. There were a few, now I don't want to get too far into this. There were a few that made it to court that Trump's team did not do a very good job on. But that we're talking about like three or four. They always cite like 50, a million cases. <laughs> like they've lost all of them. They lost most of them because nobody wanted to touch them. But my point is, with the reporting on these things, it's been accurate. There's not been... The only inaccurate reporting you've seen is from mainstream outlets trying to bury it. The accurate reporting, like from the Arizona audit, has come from independent journalists saying, look, this is what it is. We're not saying that this would overturn the election because we don't know who they voted for. We're saying that there were problems with this many votes, and here's what they are. That's what this is, okay? <clears throat> so here are the headlines from some of the mainstream outlets who chose to cover this at all because most people didn't. This is within the last like day or two. CNN says, it's the same story. Wisconsin Republicans secretive review, secretive, add, add these verbs, make you go, ooh, that sounds terrible. Secretive review of 2020 election takes lessons from Arizona's conspiracy-laden processes. Business Insider, which you'd think, well, that sounds pretty middle of the road. Wisconsin, they're not. Wisconsin conservative group debunks voter, Trump's voter fraud claims after 10-month investigation. Newsweek, GOP-aligned group finds no evidence of Wisconsin voter fraud after 10-month inv investigation. Guess what? When you look into it, ooh, I just saw a new story pop up on the Federal, so I'm going to have to read that as we're, as we're talking. If you look into it, all those stories, they say, well, they didn't find any fake votes. Well, that wasn't the purpose of it. It was to find irregularities, and they found a ton of them. And if you click on specifically the Business Insider story I clicked on because I thought it might be the most fair, they do say, well, there were a lot of irregularities. And that's it. They don't dig. They don't care. They just want it to go away because they have an agenda. And guess what? If it was their person that was getting screwed, they would get all up into that business. You would be hearing this all over the place. But they don't care because they all they care about is power. <clears throat> I, if this were the other way, I promise you, I would want to know the truth too. Wouldn't you? I mean, that's why you're here. Not because you're like, I'm a conservative. I want to be conservative-ish. It's because you want to know the truth. 
You want to know what's really going on. And you come to a conservative conclusion most of the time. We're in the same boat. That's why we call ourselves conservatives. We just want to know. I don't care what's true. I just want to know what it is. This story is driving me crazy. And if it wasn't for Donald Trump, it would have gone away already. He won't shut up about it. Can you imagine if he wins in 2024? What his four or, (laughs) heaven forbid, what his eight years in office are going to look like? He ain't going to shut up about it. If there's something there, he's going to find it. Anyway, I look forward to that. Thank you for tuning in. And hopefully this at least broadens your horizons because it's possible that these things are anomalies and they just are, you know, they're, they're clerical errors. They're weird things. COVID was weird. Not saying it wasn't, but no, it, the problem is nobody cares to find out. There's li- other than this story. I just said the Federalist just popped up. I, I can find no reporting on this other than Christina Bob and that's her Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's it. So everybody just, just, brushes it away stick around <clears throat> some some interesting stuff you know we talked about Dan, Dan Crenshaw a little bit this week but I want to dig into what it means to either support a traditional conservative Republican ideal or a MAGA populist conservative ideal there's a lot of overlap between those two things but there's a lot of areas where they they diverge and Dan Crenshaw has made that a subject. We're going to talk about that next with Trisha. Stick around. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. Trisha is in studio. Thank you so much for joining us again this morning. Hey, thank you. Good and morning. We are going to try to go as long as possible with you because we have to make up the fact that you didn't. We weren't here for last week. I wasn't. Because you've been off forever. I took a staycation and I drank water and I exercised and I slept and I started Jersey Shore for the first time. It's amazing that in the multiple times I've asked you, now, now the first time I asked you, mm-hmm. You, this was not on air. I just said, how's your vacation? Both times you mentioned dr- you mentioned drinking water. Yeah, I hydrated. So why can't you do that while you're here? I can, but I also end up drinking a lot of coffee, a lot of energy drinks, a lot of caffeine to keep <clears throat> me going here. When you have enough sleep, you can focus on the water, Man. not as dehydrated. No, I hear that. You know what I'm saying? I he- Here's the problem. my I, The guy I advertise for, Ty Parker and Fountain Family Dentistry, I talk about that sleep apnea device all the time. I'm when I talk about it, I'm being very real. Mine broke. So I went into his office a couple weeks ago, but because of the slow nature of everything right now, and I don't know if it's worker shortage or transportation or backlog of orders from COVID or whatever it is, it's taken an extra couple weeks to get it done. Get a new one or and get it fixed. Yes. I am so tired yes it's real and i'm caffeinating like crazy because i keep telling myself well it's coming soon because once i get that thing i mean i'm doing a commercial right now but i'm just telling you the truth but it's true yeah. it's very true the minute i get that thing i can sleep six hours a night and wake up like boom ready to go but when i don't have it i'm snoring and i'm not getting the oxygen that i didn't even know i was doing you know i feel like i'm doing a live but 
now when it's gone, man, I notice it's so bad and I need caffeine to get through everything right now. Yeah, it's a difference maker. And you're dehydrated then. And I found yeah. with with having that week off, I found that I could sleep with my phone out of my room. So I would put it in the kitchen or put it in the living room and not use an alarm and not have notifications going all the time. Because I don't know about you, but my phone is constantly going off. I make it quieter at night, but it's still constantly buzzing slightly. And I, no, I never sleep. I I probably do it too little because I've got all kinds of like church things that are happening that I turned off the notifications because otherwise it would be notifying me all the time. But now I never check it. So it's, there's got to be a balance there right. that I never do. But no, I, the phone thing's true too because then at night, turn the TV off, whatever, but I still got my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not going to sleep because I'm looking at usually news. Like this. Here's a great segue. Hey, I see what you did there. Yes. It's like you're a pro. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, so what are your thoughts on Dan Crenshaw before I get to this news? Did you see this news? I have not seen this okay. news. I am relatively neutral. I was too. Um, Annie's had him on the show a couple times. Yes. And so, you know, I don't like slamming guests when they're they're national figures. They're willing to make time. That's cool. He's definitely a conservative. Mm-hmm. He's a conservative. He's a veteran. He's yeah. a young... Principled guy. Yes. And a, and a young member of our party. So mm-hmm. that's always a benefit for but sometimes. He has said some things that really get under my skin. He uh, the, the news headline is that he is has been slamming the Freedom Caucus within the House as grifters in our midst, his quote. Mm-hmm. And it says, Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw slammed members of his own party during an event over the weekend calling members of the Republican Freedom Caucus, Caucus grifters in our midst and performance artists. The problem with that is <clears throat> what he's saying isn't completely untrue. It's just that, and the Freedom Caucus, just for a little bit of, of context, if you're listening, or, or Trisha, I don't know where you know about them, but it's like a third of Republicans are in the Freedom Caucus. So they have a lot of sway, <clears throat> and it's usually the, the biggest names get that attention like marjorie taylor green um who's the guy matt gates from florida they're in it but it's not just them like they're the people who are kind of the face of it because they are media figures dan crenshaw became a media figure oddly by being made fun of by pete davidson on saturday night live true so he's got the same national presence as some of these people do. But without, not for the same reasons. But not, but not for the same right. reasons and not for trying. Mm-hmm. He really has not tried to be a media figure. It was kind of thrust upon him. And he said, okay, fine. So no fault of his own. But he's got that platform where a lot of these people don't. So they have to say big things to get that platform. I don't necessarily fault them for that. But I do think some of them... You know, they they play this thing up a little bit f- basically for speaking engagement money. And they get a ton of it. Yep. And <clears throat> so I, I don't want to, like, let them slide on that. But these these people also are the only ones willing to stand up for, like, real conservatism a lot of times. And it bothers me that he would take a stance of fighting those people in his own party. Right now, you're in the minority. Like, what's the point? Yeah, I've I've wondered this about... Especially when Trump was in office taking a stand against Trump, too. You're just Wait, creating... Trump was taking a stand against Trump? No, about the members of the party that were taking a stand against Trump oh, when okay, he was in gotcha. office. Yeah. There, was, there was a difference between the people that were all on board for Trump. There was a difference between the people that were, eh, I don't like what he's saying, but I'm still supporting him. He's still the leader of his, our party, all things considered. Like, we're doing better than we were. And then you had the people that were just all out, like, 
this guy's a mess. And it was just creating division in mm-hmm. the party. And I think we're still not quite over that. So and to to that point, like bringing it to Dan Crenshaw, Congressman Crenshaw, I think that he is like when you start dogging people in your own party, it send a, sends a message that you're not unified. Mm-hmm. And is that good? Because if the, the more we fracture the party, the harder it is it's going to be to win, right? Right. And I'm not against calling people out who are doing things wrong. Sure. Like if you if if you're if people on your side are doing stuff that you're like, dude, that is not okay. Great, call them out because objective truth is objective truth, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're in the party or not. You got to make sure that people are in line with the the core beliefs. But that's what bothers me about Dan Crenshaw is that he seems to be there's an attitude to him where he seems to feel like he's above it. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the few. Now, there's probably lots of people like him. Well, we often talk about Kinzinger. Yeah. And he's He's a different animal. That that has made a name for himself Mm -hmm. standing up against his own party in a lot of ways. And I think that's been to the detriment of his party. On the other hand, to Crenshaw's point, I do see a lot of the people that are on the right, Freedom Caucus or not, using what we would say the left was doing was virtue signaling i see a lot of that in that group it's i do too and that's i think staunch. what he's referring to as yes. as like performance arts mm-hmm. and it, it makes it hard as a like when trump would do things where it was hard to support him and it's not the exact same but it makes it hard to support the conservative message when you've got people like out there saying salacious things just to get their name out there just to put themselves in the news so it's like, I can't really stand up for, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene had an issue where she was like in a, in a war with somebody putting. It was AOC. Crumb, well, there wasn't it. No, this oh, was, it was another. Yeah. This was another colleague of hers and she was putting signs. They were exchanging signs on each other's door. And the root of it was her colleagues, like son, I believe was gay. And there was some back and forth there. I think that leave the, leave the, like your opinions on on the like social issues out of it why are you making a name for yourself by picking on somebody else's kid like i can't support that i don't care what you know what i mean like the bigger person there is just like you're right you know i'm i'm fine let's each do our own thing but there was a bit in the news there for a while where she was very proud to keep hitting back at this person and the root of it was kind of icky so no and even removing yourself from the issue entirely why are you going around? That's like some people stuff people do in high school at your lockers. Yes. That's not what you do in Congress. No. But yeah. But also yeah, I mean you agree, but <laughs> that's also like that's where that's where the nation is. Uh-huh. I mean these two people are in Congress and I doubt they ever talk to each other. No, but they think it's okay to like write signs. So they go to the media. That's cuz it's probably the way this happened cuz I remember the story vaguely. I thought it was AOC though. But it, it it probably was if it was that issue is somebody else because AOC doesn't have any kids. But being able to have that discussion, like just go to the person's office and say, "Look, I disagree with you," but they make media events out of all of it, right? And that I think is stupid. But there are only like two or three members of Congress, even in the Freedom Caucus, that are like that. The rest of them, like I said, it's roughly eighty people, if that. Right now, I don't know, but you don't know their names. They're just hardcore 
like plumb line conservatives who are not willing to compromise on things like the debt limit, for mm-hmm. instance. And there are conservatives, quote unquote, who are willing to compromise on that. I mean, completely different issue, but it's in the news right now. That kind of thing. Did you pull it up? Yeah, did I you did. Find it? Who, who, who yeah, was it? It was. Um, well, now I lost it. Did your phone go dark? <laughs> no, it's Resident Marie Newman. Oh, okay. Don't and know it, it turned into a, a Twitter thing, and it was. Uh-huh. It, I'm not saying that this person was blameless either. I'm sure that this person was trying to use a platform to her advantage too. But I don't need to know about it. Like, I know. come on. I know. And so he, again, like everything's nuanced. Dan Crenshaw is partially right that there are few a few people who. The fact is, these people were nobodies. Marjorie Taylor Greene wasn't even in Congress before last year, I don't think. Or maybe she was in a state house or something, but she wasn't a U.S. house. She's suddenly become a household name because she does big sort of news-making things like that, although I'm not even that familiar with that one, but other things too. Now she makes a lot of money doing speaking engagements. True. She does. And that's how a lot of these people make a living. So you got to, but you got to hope, like, I think about... I think about Ted Cruz going back to the like green eggs and ham because Ted Cruz is always doing something that's making news. But Ted Cruz also does a lot of good for the party. So he's he's been there long enough. He knows how to play the game well enough. We have a lot of like these new people and AOC is one of them on the left. Marjorie Taylor Greene on the right that do things like the green eggs and ham. Are they doing enough to back it up and doing enough? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like once they have the attention, are they? Yeah, that's the hard thing is because shift it back to the people. I would have never followed some random rep from Georgia, right? But I do on Twitter now, and we're talking about her on the radio for fifteen minutes, and it raises her profile. But I also now I now that I do follow her, I agree with probably ninety something percent of what she says. I mean, she says stuff that's that's I don't want to say extreme. It's just like. It's very principled, and it's saying, look, this is the way it has to be. It should be. This is the way we need to be voting. And I'm like, amen. Right. Like, I I don't disagree with probably almost everything you're saying, but I wouldn't have even known about her if she hadn't have done those things. So it's a a two-edged sword, and I think Crenshaw has really benefited from being launched into the national stratosphere without trying, because there's probably a hundred of him out there who are saying the same thing who are generally conservative, generally agree with what they say, but also willing to kind of waffle on certain things <clears throat> that, for lack of a better word, have been dubbed MAGA, you know. And there are MAGA things that are much more populist. We're getting pretty deep here. But there's a difference between the populist conservative and the traditional conservative. And there's a lot of overlap, but both of them have really strong points. The traditional conservative is saying right now, we need to stick to our guns. We need to stick to the Constitution. Great. Absolutely. The populist conservative is saying we have to use government in a way that we don't like to as conservatives because otherwise we're just going to get walked all over. Also, I think true. And you can't really reconcile those things because conservative at at its core is saying no government, less Mm -hmm. government or the least amount of government is possible. But populist conservatism is saying, no, you actually have to use more government to push back against this horrible Marxist overtaking that's happening in the United States. Otherwise, you're not going to have conservative, you're not going to have a country. So I just think there's there's got to be some unity within these two sides. 
And these kind of conversations, I believe, are pretty valuable. Yeah, I agree completely. Where do you fall on that? <clears throat> Somewhere in the middle. Because it, 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 de- it depends on the issue. Uh, you, you have to do... Had this conversation with John Hancock, actually, who's a political strategist. And he, we were specifically talking about, I think, Christy Noem. She falls right in the middle of that, too, where she can't decide whether she's going to be a traditional conservative <clears throat> or she's going to use the power of the South Dakota governorship to push <clears throat> on issues, excuse me, that that need to be pushed back. You know, it was, I think the NCAA issue was a big one where she said, no, I'm just going to let the NCAA do whatever they want. And it was something with transgender athletes. And there were a lot of people mad because they couldn't compete in their sport. Well, that's a situation where traditional conservative would say, would say yeah, it's not my place to impede on a private entity. The, the MAGA conservative or the populist conservative would say, no, if I don't intervene here, a whole bunch of people are going to get hurt. So <clears throat> it depends on the issue, and it's something you, you really have to know where you stand before you go into government. Because I think there's so many people, we all know this, there's so many people that go into government because they think, well, I can make probably a lot of money and I can raise my profile and I can get a worth a, a lifelong pension and stuff. You know, they go into it for either the wrong reasons or they're not they're not convinced of all their positions before they go in mm-hmm. and then money gets involved. And then they don't really know what to do because they're being pulled on every side and the real real bedrock people, whether they're traditional or they're maga people, they stand out because they have never changed. That all that glitz and whatever of Washington has not changed them, and they're rare. And that's I think where people are yelling right now. We need more of those people, whether they're traditional, whether they're MAGA, whatever they are. You need people who aren't going to change once they go there. We totally do. I was just, when you said that, I was thinking <clears throat> I would be the worst politician. Like I would get there, and I don't know that I'd be swayed by money, but in the matter of by your surroundings, even by your surroundings, yeah. and just. Sheer reasoning, like we, you started this segment with, uh, is Dan Crenshaw correct or incorrect? You know, a rough question of, like, should we be calling out these people? And in in this, like, time we've been talking, I've made an argument and been comfortable with both. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm on his side, and no, I'm against his side, and that's one thing, and I still don't know where I am, so I'd, like, be bought and sold, like, quickly. No, I. but that kind of stuff is the tough stuff. And that's why we're talking about it. But these are people, we're talking about people that have to face those tough things all the time, day in and day out. Yes, yes. And you have to to caucus with your party Uh and you have to keep the party happy and make sure it's moving in the right direction. But then sometimes, you know, like this China vote recently, we're going really long here, but the China vote recently that they had was we will not accept, and it was like a almost unanimous House vote. They said, we will not accept products that come from the Uyghur half or the, the Western half of China, basically, mm-hmm. unless it can be certified that no slave labor has been used to make these products. Well, that's a great vote, mm-hmm. except that you're not really holding China accountable. You're just holding the Western little part that's near India accountable. You know, and that's good. But if you really wanted to get something done, you'd hold the whole country accountable because they're the ones doing it. Right. You know, so it's like you have to sacrifice a little bit of what you as a principled, you know, hardcore like this is wrong conservative. I would say this is going even nearly far enough. But you take that as a win because you had the at last it's got no media coverage because it was bipartisan you know <laughs> partisan mm-hmm. things get all the coverage but bipartisan things like that 
that's actually it's still a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. But you sacrifice a little bit yourself even to do it when you believe, no, we need to be sanctioning China hard across the board. Yeah. Well, you I mean, you make compromises, right? You have to compromise yeah. on a lot of things. And when it comes down to the populist conservatives that you're talking about, are they compromising too much? Because part of politics is compromising. Part of it is making some sacrifices in those beliefs to benefit the greater good. It is. And knowing the difference between selling out and yeah. compromising and to to like... Even if it's just more slowly, like move in the right direction. But that's where we're at. I mean, that's why that's why these are good conversations to have. It's because you don't want to kind of blow with the wind, like, oh, well, I used to be this and now I'm this just because things have changed. Well, no, but you also have to recognize that you have to evolve based on the fight, you know? So Yeah, you're right. Whatever you say is whatever, right. whatever, I, yeah. agree. I agree. <laughs> I saying, disagreed, but now I agree. I'm saying a lot of different things, right. <laughs> and I'm agreeing with all it's of them, and you're right. agreeing with all of them. We're all happy. <laughs> Can you stick around for another segment? Sure. Just real quick. Okay. All right, that one went long. Short segment coming up next. <laughs> Trish is going to stick around. Wiggins America, 97.1 FM Talk. Wiggins America, 97.1 FM Talk. Trisha stuck around because I asked her to, and when you do it on the air, you have to, because then you seem like a jerk if you say no. No, I really, really wanted to. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I had a couple of lighter things I just want to hit before the end of the show today. And I could do that without you, but it's so much fun, more fun to do, especially something like this with you. Let's do it. Okay. You got this email earlier this week, too. Let me read the headline to you. It says, Volunteer, 73 years old, dies after getting rammed by sheep at Massachusetts Therapy Farm. <laughs> now, the reason... <laughs> You don't turn your mic off when you're laughing. I'm turning you back on. Tragic. <laughs> I know, but I can't read. I mean, it's such a. It's it's a. It's not even here. You know, it's in Massachusetts. I know. A sheep rammed <laughs> some 73 year old volunteer and killed her. And our boss. Here's why it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Our boss sends this to me and you, mm-hmm. and says, "Here, this is something probably for Wiggins America." <laughs> so let me ask you this question. <laughs> <laughs> and I replied, yeah, absolutely, we're going to talk about that. So we're, here we are. When when your boss sends you that, wh- what kind of show does he think this is? We just, we just yeah, spent... I don't know. Clearly he's listened, though, because I think it is right in your wheelhouse. And if there is anybody, when I saw that headline, I thought, I really wonder what Ryan thinks about this. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. What, what does he think? Because I feel like we might have differing opinions here. I... I don't have an opinion about this story at all. I mean, what opinion could you have? Because, oh, wait, you responded to that email with, I'm with the sheep. I'm pro sheep. <laughs> That's right. This is a tragedy, but that woman must have been doing something to agitate the sheep. Ooh, man, now you're getting good points. Good points. Taylor, okay, I'll just read it. She says, Taylor is a longtime volunteer at the farm. She suffered extensive, serious injuries and went into cardiac Terrible. arrest shortly after police and emergency personnel responded to a 911 call. And arrived on the scene. She was taken to Marl- Marlboro Hospital where she was pronounced dead. And you're with the sheep. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> oh, I'm very, very sorry to that woman and her family. You should be. She sounds like a nice lady. And I don't to know do the right thing. What's terrible is that this is the state of journalism nowadays. It doesn't even say what happened to the sheep. Like, did they put it down? I hope not. You Why? Because they should that- put the sheep down. Trisha, what the the sheep killed an old woman who was volunteering on this therapy farm. That sheep does not deserve 
to live. This is why I'm with the sheep. I'm going to need a follow-up, a Wiggins America investigation on what happened to this sheep and if we can still save it. And if we can, we're going to buy that sheep and it's going to be our studio sheep. She, her name was Kim Taylor. The sheep. No, not the sheep. The woman. <laughs> the woman. Say her name, Trisha. It was Kim Taylor. And she was caring for that sheep. She was caring for livestock. And she was she wasn't even getting paid to do it. You're a mess. <laughs> no, gather yourself before you speak again. I have nothing left to say. I think we need to find out if there was justice for the sheep. Can we go beyond the story for a moment? Sure. And ask why my boss and your boss sent us this story. I don't know why I was CC'd on this. I've been here <laughs> I for like either. 10 why? minutes once a week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like makes, said, this is Wiggins America. Like content. I was gonna miss it, but then you'd be like, "Oh, wait a second now." You're right. What, let's you need, implement before this. Saturday morning, make sure you print this out because this is a good one. This is a talker. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. I don't. I think we both need to take a long, hard look at ourselves and what we're doing here. I don't. I do not. I understand Your what I'm doing. On the show, I know. I get he what said I'm it doing to you first. I was just cc'd. I, he needs to examine the show. You need to maybe examine your position on this article. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm completely I'm so fine. Very, very sorry to Kim Taylor and her family. <laughs> I had something else to talk about here. Great. But I feel like we have psychoanalyzed you in the last couple segments and really found some problems. Okay. So I'm going to leave it at that. Is that it? Were we done? We're, we're, we're going to end. Thank goodness. Do you have any bump music requests on the way out? Do you know I want some Springsteen? Oh, no. I'll find some Springsteen Thank for you. you. We didn't come in with Springsteen. But we'll go out with Springsteen. Just any like any song. Does this have to be like one of the deep cuts, or can it be a popular one? It can be a popular one. Although I was listening to uh, "Meet Me in the City." Have you okay. heard that one? No, it's so good. I was. I know "Born in the USA" and the Santa Claus song that KZK plays. Okay. That's pretty much it. Both of them are great, but he has a lot of other ones. Okay, try "Meet Me in the City." Meet me in the city. All right, let's look that up. And while I'm looking this up, I just want to remind you that if you missed anything from Wiggins America the last two hours, we did some deep stuff. I promise. This last segment is not indicative of that. Although apparently, this is what my boss wants the show to be. So or gotta, it's what he thinks it is. Or yeah, so and we got to check that to, box. Yeah. So that we did that. Thank you very much. Odyssey.com. You can get the app. You can rewind and listen to it there. Or of course, you can podcast it here shortly. It'll be up. Thanks for tuning in. It's Wiggins America, 97.1 FM Talk. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.